0: If you will get your Bibles out and turn to First Samuel, First Samuel chapter seventeen. I feel like this is one of those lessons that I I know in my mind what uh, I want us to want to get across. Know the lessons that um, I think are important for us to ponder. But I question how clearly I'm going to get it across. So I, I guess just uh, bear with me. I, it's just one of those um, kind of lessons that I, I don't know how well I'm going to do in getting what I have across in my mind to, uh, to y'all. But ultimately what I want us to think about together and, and study together this morning is uh, how should... A man of God or woman of God, what should their personality be like? What should we be uh, ready to do? How should we uh, should we be? And ultimately, I think we see in scriptures. Um, you know, it seems to me at least a, there's several things in scriptures kind of like this, and maybe maybe anger uh, is one of the uh, ones that comes to my mind easily. Is you know, be angry and do not sin. You know, so you have this idea of it's okay to be angry. We should be angry. We're actually told to be angry about certain things, but yet we don't sin. And so, um, for, when I when I look into the world, it seems like there's there's not, and maybe love is another one to think about it in that same round that that love requires me to be uh opposite sometimes opposite of what the world would define that to be the bible speaks of love in that way um but let's start in 1 Samuel 17 i want to read uh somewhat we're going to have a uh, probably a couple different lengthier passages to read but uh in dealing with david and david and goliath here's the story Let's begin in First Samuel 17 and verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand. Of this Philistine, and Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, "'Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks?' And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, "'Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air "'and the beasts of the field.' Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not. Save with sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. I don't know about you, but when I read passages like this, there's several in Scripture. It just—it's like it just—it it gets the blood flowing. Um, you know, to see the confidence of David. But I want us to think uh, really, uh, focus back on verse beginning, really in verse 34 and several verses to follow. We see David is a young man. What's he saying? He's out doing. He's saying, "Oh, I've been out, uh, and you know, I don't know how exactly how old he is at this point, but you know, I've been uh, your servant. Used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, and went after it and struck it and delivered it, delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. All right, I, I just get this image of this of this young man, um, out by himself." with the sheep, no one else around. And what happens? He's tending the sheep. He's responsible for the sheep. A lion or a bear comes, takes one of the sheep. David doesn't say, well, oh, well, you know, that is what it is. David goes after it, uh, seemingly by himself, strikes and kills the lion and the bear. To me, that's fascinating. When you, when I really think about that personality, we know that David is a man after God's own heart. We see, um, we see from a youth his confidence. Where did he say? Who did he say uh, de- delivered those for him? Um, verse thirty-seven. more well, David said, "The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." David recognizes that that the Lord was with him he trusted in him uh to do that but again i think back to just being by myself you know put yourself in david's shoes you're by yourself out in the wilderness with these sheep and here you go striking out after a lion and a bear i think most of us would maybe say well man that's a little foolish you know you're by yourself uh why would you do that david uh but that's the personality of David. That's who he was. That's the kind of man that he was. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to go, to go and do these things that others maybe would say, well, you know, that's unwise or that's, you know, you shouldn't do that. But just think of the, the boldness, the confidence of this man. Here he's even young when he goes to the Philistine. But you see him say, you know, he, he uh, takes off the armor and then in verse 40, he took his staff in his hand and he takes five stones, all right? <laughs> Here again I'm thinking, man, you know, uh, the no sword with him. Yeah, I mean, he he's grabs his staff and his stones and he says, I'm going to go kill this Philistine, uh, which is, again, think of the personality of David. Think of the personality of this man, all right? And then you see him later on in the story the confidence again, uh, beginning of verse 45, And the David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines, the birds of the air, and the wild beasts of the field of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is, that there is a God in Israel. All right? He's confident. He's saying today, this is going to happen. I'm going to deliver you today. <laughs> this is this is supposed to take place and I'm going to do it with my staff and my stones. But ultimately, what, what's he recognized? The Lord is with me uh, and I'm going to do that. Again, think of the boldness of this man, the courage of this man. That's who That's who I wish I was. That's who I want to be. I think, you know, when I look at this story, I look at something for me to strive to attain, for me to, uh, be this way and I think we see other characters like this in scriptures and we'll talk through some more of this. Um, you see look over into chapter 18 we're not going to read all the way through this but look over into chapter 18. we know that David of course reading through the book of first uh, and second Samuel you'll, you'll see this um, you see verse 7 of chapter 18 so the women sang as they danced and, and said Saul has slain his thousands and David has sent ten thousand. So after this event with the with Goliath, if you read the story, you know, David, Saul appoints him uh, pretty high up in the army uh, of Israel. He's going out, and I mean, he's heading these men. We read about his mighty men, all the things they accomplished. We see this great man of courage, man of uh, confidence, uh, man of war. You know, I mean, he was, he was going out, and he was fighting uh, for the Lord's cause in a very physical way uh and I think sometimes our, our world maybe wants us to to think that um you know you can't you can't have that personality and be a servant of god you can't that can't be a side of you because you can't be this this type of person that David was go to second Samuel 18. You will recall, there's a lot that's transpired from 1 Samuel 17 to 2 Samuel 18 and David's life, the things that he's done, uh, good and bad. Uh, This is the story where Absalom steals away uh, the hearts of the people, the hearts of Israel. David has fled. Uh, Joab... Uh, and his men go to war against Absalom and his men. And then this is David uh, waiting for news. 2 Samuel 18, beginning of verse 29, The king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? Aham- Ahamaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and, and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was about. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still, just then the Cushite came and the Cushite said, There is good news my lord the king for the lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. So you see Absalom essentially betraying his father uh, doing all kind of evil. You know, uh, things that you, know, if you, re- you can read through the story later. But things that, at least for me, make my blood boil when I think about who David was and then his own son, betraying him, stealing away the hearts of the people. David's fleeing for his life with, with his family. Uh, and then you see this this side of David is the young man Absalom safe? Verse 33, Then the king was deeply moved, and he went up to the chamber of the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, So my son Absalom, my son, my son, my son Absalom, if only I died in your place, O Absalom, my son, my son. And so you see uh, this man of war, this man of great courage, this man that's going to to, to res- restore, take the lamb out of the mouth of the lion, go kill that bear, go kill that lion by itself. You think about that personality. You think about who that is, and then you see this side of David. To me, they're, they're kind of opposite ends. You know, you see his, his deep love for his son, uh, his deep... He's moved by this. Even after all the things his son has done to him, he still responds in this way. Uh, If only I had died in your place. O Absalom, my son, my son. Let's look at Abraham. Go back to Genesis 13. Genesis 13, beginning in verse 7. I'm an Exodus. I got to get to Genesis. Genesis thirteen, beginning in verse seven, and there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, "Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you?" Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of the Jordan, and that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of, the, of Egypt, as you go towards O'er. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. For the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So you see here that Abraham saw there was tension, there was uh, strife, as, as uh, New King James Version puts it, between his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. Abraham, you, know, you see this, uh, you see this side of his personality. He's he's a humble man. He's willing for Lot to take the best. He's willing for Lot. Uh, to have the best out of this situation. He doesn't put up a fight. He wants peace. That's what his, his desire here is. Uh, he says, for we are brethren. You know, that there's strife between, that's going on here, but I don't want strife between you and me, he says in verse 8, for we are brethren. Genesis 14, beginning in verse 11. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the provisions, and went their way. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his, good, and his goods, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Now Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheba, that is, the the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Kedalamor and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was, pr- he was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of, of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours. Lest you should say, I have made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eskel, and Mamre, let them take their portion." chapter 15 verse 1 after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your exceedingly great reward alright so you see Abram ready at a moment's notice they take they take a lot uh, he hears word of it he takes his 318 trained servants in verse 14 uh, he divides his forces against them by night him and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah which is north of Damascus, all right? So Abram's ready to go. He goes and fights. He's ready to go defend Abram in this way, or Lot in this way. He brings back everything that he has, um, and then of course you see here this, the king of Sodom trying to give him uh, the spoil. Abram saying no. One thing that I that I find interesting in this passage, it's only after this takes place that you see God come to him and say what he says in, in chapter 15. Abram did this before. Abram, Abram had faith and trust before he went after Lot uh, that the Lord was going to be with him. And then you see, you know, uh, the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. You're a great reward. All right. Um, again, to me, you see, these different aspects of these personalities of men of faith that, that, that we look up to, men like David and Abraham, uh, that you know, you see the humbleness, the humility, uh, the willingness to give uh, from Abram, and then also this, you know, hey, we're going to war. Abram doesn't know if his men are going to live. Abram knows he's going to live, but hey, we're going to defend. I am ready to go to war today uh, for my brethren, for 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 Lot. Uh, and that's how uh, the men of God uh, here, Abram, is portrayed. And again, God telling him, "Do not be afraid." And of course, we already mentioned the mighty men, you know. But you think of all the of all the things they did uh, along with David, and you think, of, at least I think, of Phineas in Numbers 25, where he ends the plague of the bell of Peor. There, uh, if you would turn to Numbers 25. You know, When I think of characters in the Old Testament that I look up to as men that were willing to, to stand up and, and take action, Phinehas is certainly uh, among them. Beginning of verse uh, 6, And indeed one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phinehas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous and my zeal among them so that it did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal also think of Joshua and Caleb. Of course, there's a lot spoken about Joshua. Uh, but you, know, you think of uh, their willingness to stand up among, um, among their brethren who were fearful. You know, they, oh no, we can take it with the Lord's help. We can go in and take it now. Of course, they don't. They wander in the wilderness. God spares Joshua and Caleb. And you see them throughout, this, throughout the book of Joshua uh, going through the land. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, Joshua 1, let's begin in verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage, and not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Of course, we know we have that same promise today that the Lord is going to be with us if we are doing uh his will he's going to be with us he's not going to leave us uh or forsake us and again when i when i think about what the world around us um you know maybe holds up uh it's it's it doesn't seem to be to me at least to be that man like david or that man like abraham that's willing hey we're going we're going to war right now uh for the lord's cause like joshua and caleb you know we're we're uh, we're gonna stand up against this opposition uh, even among their own people. Uh, you know it's like there's this there's this idea that you know humility and and I don't know any better word to say it because the Bible doesn't find love like this, but soft love that those are the biggest virtues you know to <laughs> to be passive to to not uh, ruffle feathers, to not um, you know be, uh, be that man of courage. Be that man that's willing to fight. That's not what's popular, you know. It, it's the it's the oh, we're just not gonna we're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna deal with that. I, I'm humble. I'm you know, uh, and that's not really what you see. You see, the, the the men of faith, the men that we look up to, uh, really and truly had both sides to their personalities uh, in that way that they were willing to do those. Go to uh, at the Book of Acts. I also think of Peter, the book of Acts uh, chapter 4, beginning in chapter 4, Acts chapter 4 and in verse 1, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captains, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, but being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. All right. Uh, does this story up to now look somewhat familiar to you? It does to me. This is kind of the, thing, the beginning of what happened to Jesus. Right. They, these are the same people that took Jesus. And what did they do to Jesus? They scourged him. They spit upon him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. And they ultimately crucified him. That's the environment Peter's in right here. You don't think think Peter remembers all this? This is the same exact events. Let's keep going. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as well the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He's he's telling them, you crucified him. You murdered him. Go back and read before chapter 4. This isn't the first time Peter's called these folks murderers. Been very plain about who's responsible for Jesus' death. You are, all right? And remember, he's the one held in captivity over here. (laughs) He's he's not the one uh, free. He's the one being held by the same folks that that had killed Jesus. All right, you're the one that killed him. Go to chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Now about that time King Herod, now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with the sword and because he saw it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. What if you're Peter, what's supposed to happen to you? If, if you're sitting there and you're Peter, what are you thinking? I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that he's going to take my head off too. Oh, he killed him with the sword. Killed James, and brother John, with the sword. I'm at least thinking I'm not going to make it. All right, that that that's what's going through my mind if I'm Peter. All right, let's pick up verse five. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. I find that fascinating. Peter's sleeping. There's a lot less stressful situations that I'm in and I don't sleep. Peter's sleeping. Do you all think he had confidence in the Lord? Do you think he had confidence um, about his situation, about where he was going to go, if he uh, had the same fate as James, that allowed him to be able to sleep? I do. And again, think about the personality of what all Peter's been through. And not just Peter, the other apostles, Paul. Think about all these characters that we read about in the New Testament and their boldness, their courage, their willingness to, to fight for the Lord's cause. You know, here we're not talking about you know David and his mighty men going out and killing the Philistines. You know, not that fighting, but the fighting, the spiritual battle that's going on. And of course, they're they're physically the ones standing up there. They're the ones physically representing at that time in these kind in this kind of environment. All right, that's a personality. Uh, th- that's not the passive. I don't care personality. All right, that is that's a that's a bold. Personality to be able to do this pick up back in verse 7 bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were, ke- were keeping the prison now behold an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and, and raised him up saying arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands then the angel said to him gird yourself and tie on your sandals and so he did and he said to him put on your garment and follow me so he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them in its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people from all the expectation of the Jewish people. He knew what they wanted to do to him. He was not unaware of what the plan was for him. And here we find him sleeping. <laughs> you know, and think about it. He's already been in a similar situation in Acts chapter 4. All right, he's already been arrested once for this, and he, he doesn't quit. He keeps on. He, he's pressing forward. He's going. He's not giving up. He is, is marching forward for the Lord's cause. Uh, seemingly on a daily basis uh, against these kind of odds again that's the person I hope to be the person that's uh, willing to have this courage I was sitting uh, in a class up in uh, Kansas several weeks ago this is not the only time I've heard comments like this but it just kind of struck me again while I was sitting there, and I to this day regret not saying anything. But nevertheless, there was um, a little story read about you know two different scenarios, and one of them was uh, a guy had written the church basically saying he was a homosexual uh, and asked if they were welcome to come attend the church. All right. Well, then the little story was the the guy right the guy from the church writes back and says. You know, of course, you're welcome here, but homosexuality homosexuality is a sin, and you know we're not. If you're coming in expectation of us approving of that, you know that's not what's going to happen, basically. But you're more than welcome to come. Somebody in the back pops up and says, "Well, I don't think he was very Christian-like." <laughs> I'm thinking, man, um, w- w- would we be okay if Peter showed up? Would we be okay if Jesus showed up? You know, uh, because here, <laughs> you know, think about, again, think about putting yourself, I know we've talked about this several many times in here, but think about putting yourself back in, the, in Acts and having Peter stand up calling these folks that just killed Jesus, calling them murders all the time. You know what I mean? Like, he's not scared to say this is what the situation is. You've done this. All right? Uh, and again, think about just not being Peter, even just being one of the members of the church there in Jerusalem. The pressure, the heat. Would I stand? Would, would I stand by Peter? Would I when I when I go to town? When I go to the marketplace, somebody says, "Now, do you go to church down there with Peter?" Would I? Would I be like, "Well, you know, he, I, 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 I do, but I don't necessarily group everything he says." Would, would that be me? Or I would be like, oh, yeah, i go down over Peter." And look, you need to pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, would Where am I going to be in that? I mean, I think that's a worthy question for all of us to consider. Am I willing to stand up and be that way as well? We're quickly running out of time. I, um, I guess in my own mind, I kind of thought Evan asked what the t- topic was for follow-up. I told him the lion and the lamb. That's what I told him. I don't know what he's going to talk about next because I don't. I doubt this is anything from what he was thinking. But that's what came to my mind when I'm when I when I'm thinking back to David, when I'm thinking back to Abraham, when I'm thinking of Peter, and all these characters that we look up to. Again, you see this aspect of, of the lion type personality. You know the the personality that's that that's that's ready to go. That that's wanting to to go fight. That's willing to stand up. That's bold. That's courageous. That. That's going forward for the, for the Lord's cause, no matter what the obstacles may be, but yet that that other side of of the lamb, the lamb side of that personality, and of course you know the lion and the lamb comes out in Revelation uh, when you when you're looking at Jesus, Revelation chapter five, Revelation five beginning in verse one. Revelation 5 and in verse 1, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, behold... The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, and there are seven spirits of God sent sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open it seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to, to God by your blood out of every tribe of the tongue of people and people and, and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. All right. We'll stop there, but... Uh, Again, I, I think about um, Jesus a lot in this way that we've kind of talked about some of these other characters in the Bible. You see Jesus going in in John 2, running out the money changers with, with a cord, with a whip of cord. All right. Uh, I think that's kind of you know, somewhat contrary to the Jesus that um, we see the world around us want to portray. Uh, you look at Matthew chapter 23. You scribes, hypocrites, and Pharisees. Read through that. I mean, read through Matthew twenty-three. Jesus was Jesus was very straightforward about the things that he said. He he ran more folks off than kept that that he kept around him. There was folks leaving him all the time because they weren't able to accept his, his, his sayings. All right, um, but was he loving? Was he tender? Was he compassionate? Absolutely, uh, he always had compassion for others. He was always serving others, and we know this we, when you read through the Gospels. Uh, but yet, he was not shying away from the things that were true, from his father's purpose, for for from anything that was to further the kingdom. He was not going to shy away from those things. And what we what we ultimately find is that following the lord is going to put us in those situations where you know it's going to require us to do things say things that are unpopular that that seem you know out of character for a christian but it's not we need to realize that we need to know that and i think god expects us to to have the personality like we began with with david that um that that courage and that strength, that endurance, the willingness to go after the lion and the bear and the wilderness by yourself, that should be a part of our personality. That should be a part of who we are striving to be. Let's let's end in Matthew twenty-eight. Matthew twenty-eight and then verse nineteen Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So let's be mindful that whatever comes before us, whatever uh, life has in store for us, whatever difficulties there may be, that the Lord's going to be with us and that we should uh, strive to be bold and courageous uh, for Him and His cause. If there's anything that we can... Do for you, pray pray for you in any way. We'd ask you to come forward while we stand and sing.